previously on the Sunless Citadel. Do you think that maybe these creatures have something to do with the druid? They do have the power to control natural life, so perhaps this, they were sent as some sort of warning. Ain't druids a myth? Like from, from stories that we tell youngins? My wife, Nera, was actually a practicing druid. Uh, it was a closely guarded secret. She taught me many things about the druidic arts, and, well, it's given me a newfound respect for the craft. From what I can tell, this druid seems to be using nature as a destructive weapon. Okay, let's, let's get going. All right, all right. We do have that game we want to play. Yes, yes, Darwin is excited. All right, so the game, basically, you have to cover your eyes with the blindfold, and then I'll guide you, Thorn, and then Seeker will guide Meepo. And the important thing here is you don't take the blindfold off. Throughout the vastness of the multiverse, there lies a tavern. As you approach its doors, you catch bubbles of laughter that rise and burst into cheers as colorful groups of travelers find comfort in their bonds. As you head inside, the smile of the tavern keeper greets you. They're an otherworldly being with a bluish corporeal form. They wear attire befitting of an innkeeper, and they have a large cloudy nebula for hair speckled with stars, which gently sways with their movement. Welcome to the Storyteller's Tavern, where stories are served like ale and seat is open for you at every table. Tonight's special is the Sunless Citadel, an epic adventure of high fantasy with notes of friendship, danger, and most importantly, cool. Will our adventure survive to descend into the dungeon, or is there a dark and calamity taking root far from the sun's reach? Seeker is the first one to enter this place. Mortis right behind it, holding Meepo's hand and the torch lighting up the place. When Methuselah reaches the threshold of the door, the flash of the light illuminates enough for you to see yourself in one of those shackles in a long time ago and with other people in those shackles too before one of the garrison guards approach you with Alaganthorn and kick you awake. This memory is vivid on you. Alaganthorn, this half priest, half soldier, looking down on you from his beautiful elven eyes and asks, you think you were found with an instrument? Yeah, yes, I play an instrument. Good. The Dark Warden wants entertainment for his meal. Count yourself lucky for your not appetizer. And then he turns to the garrison guard beside him, points towards the two people beside you, two random strangers with clothing of merchants, and go, those two will suffice. That can be appetizer. I'm gonna just look up at him and be like, Where, where's Chrysantha? Where did you, where did you take her? Where, where has she gone? Kind of side glances you and then nods towards the guard. The guard just full on kicks your face and goes, Quiet entertainment. You're not yet made to sing. You will sing to the Dark Warden when he tells you, If you do not want to die and might want to see this Chrysantha, you will behave. And be quiet. Not if you understand. Methuselah nods very slowly. Good. And as they turn to walk away, the flash of the torchlight illuminates your view again and brings you out of this vision. Uh, Mortis is already on the surface level with Seeker looking around. Methuselah just kind of like gasps to themselves and just walks back into the door and just stares. Thorn runs into your back and is like, Mom, what, what, what's happening? Did, did we win? I'm going to kind of jolt out of it and collect myself momentarily and realize that Thorn, you know, was behind me and be like, oh, uh, sorry, my friend. Uh, yes, yes, 
We won. We won. Yes! We did it to Methuselah. You are the best of all the elves that Dorne has never not met. Well, thank you so much, my friend, but the work and the victory was yours. Um, before the blindfolds come off of Meepo and Thorn, Seeker's going to kind of speak up. Uh, hi, Meepo, Thorn. Uh, how about y'all keep the blindfolds on? We could we could keep the game going, do like a round two, and you guys can even win a, a bigger prize. What do you think? What? What's the prize? Uh, well, I was going to give each of you a silver piece for this first one, but if you do really well on the second one, I'll up it to a gold piece each. Oh, yes. Thorn likes that idea. Meepo likes shiny. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. And then they're going to turn to Mortis and kind of gesture Mortis closer to them. Uh, hi, Mortis. Uh, they're whispering, by the way. Uh, how about you, uh, you get those cobalts untied? I just don't really think that that would be good for Meepo to see, you know? Agreed. Uh, would you mind holding on to him while I do that? Yeah, I, I, I can do that. Don't worry. And Seeger's gonna kind of like take Meepo back and kind of like pull him a bit closer and tuck his face kind of into them so that even if they decide to take off the like even if he decides to take off the blindfold, he won't see the like tied up cobalt. Uh, before Mortis proceeds, just looking around the room quickly. Does, he doesn't see any sort of traps or anything on the ground. No, but as you look around the room, you do notice that little cage in one of the corners. And from this cage, you see a humanoid hand akin to that of a, like, a normal human's hand. Not scaly and not akin to a goblin's, but normal hand per se but much smaller almost as if it was a child's hand and it's the arm is half poking out of the cage because the cage is so much smaller compared to the occupant and it kind of puts the palm against the light to kind of protect their eyes you don't see the rest of the occupant yet you need to get closer for that can i see that as well as you enter the rest of the room, you kind of do see it in the far corner. Um, it's farther away, so you see less detail, but yes, you do see it. Morris is going to kind of give the cage a sort of sideways glance, and then like he's going to move more so towards the kobolds, but he's going to keep the, the cage just in his peripheral vision as he walks. I'm going to go up to the cage. I imagine Thorne's like holding onto like the tail of Methuselah's coat, just kind of along for the ride. I think I'm a little bit distracted by like the vision a bit, so I'm like not even realizing that like Thorn is there. You approach the kobolds, they finally wake up feeling your presence, uh, and they look around, they see you, they kind of scurry close to each other as if they were scared, and then they see Meepo blindfolded, and they go, Meepo, Meepo, and Meepo goes, Are you blindfolded? Are these? Are these now with the goblins too? Mortis just like quickly speaks up. He's like, "Oh no, no, uh, we're, we're not with, we're not with the goblins who kidnapped you. Uh, we were actually sent by Eustril. Uh, we came to rescue you and see if we could recover your precious dragon." They all perk up as they hear that you guys are there to save them. Then they stand up, pretty much on a jump. And although they seem weaker and thinner compared to Meepo and all the other kobolds you guys have met, they quickly extend their hands to show them the rope that is binding them on their wrists. And they start approaching you. Um, the best way that I can describe it is just like the little aliens from Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> the clown. The turtle. <laughs> the turtle. They're all saying, please, please, let us go. Yes, save us. Ah! Speaking of claws, Mortis is going to kneel down and with his free hand, uh, he's going to use his claws to gently cut through the bindings of each of the kobolds. 
you are able to cut loose the kobolds and they all not only start rubbing their wrists because of the feeling of the rope not touching it anymore after situating themselves realizing that this is real they all approach you and hug your legs <laughs> or just like gently pat some of their heads oh it's all right little ones you're safe now thank you thank you thank you thank you ah! and they start thanking you for that uh for freeing them I'm gonna now jump to Methuselah because this would have been enough time. Methuselah, when you approach the cage, the light of the torch illuminates just enough for you to be able to see a good portion of it, and the rest is done by your night vision. You clearly see what seems to be a miniature human. Miniature, I mean by three feet? maybe three feet and a half? They halfling? Their features are a little bit more sharp, elegant almost, but they're so small, even smaller than a halfling, a little. You hear them with a raspy little voice, raspy because of the lack of water. And you clearly see also that this cage is much smaller than this individual because the limbs are half poking out, half in, inside of the cage. And their head is kind of forced to the side. And the guy looks at you, it's brown beard, uh, completely unkept, and the hair frizzled. He goes, help me. If you're not with the goblins, please help. Yes, my friend, don't worry, we'll get you out. Uh Thorn, you won the game. I, I need your help. Oh, uh, yes! Oh, take that to me, Paul. Yes, Thorn is the best. Thorn is the best. And Thorn starts, like, doing a little dance. Yes, uh, I'll get Seeker to give you your prize. But uh, I need you to take off the blindfold. And if you have a water skin, uh, could I borrow it? Thorn rips the blindfold off. And then he takes his water skin and gives it to Methuselah. Oh, wait, is this the one that you filled up from the fountain? Yes, yes, it's very spicy. You don't have any other water? Morris is like, faintly hears you guys talking. Uh, is everything all right over there? I, I need water skin. There there's someone here that needs our help. Yes, sure. I imagine Morris takes like three steps with the with the cobalt just clinging to his legs. He's like... And then he just reaches into his pouch, pulls out his water skin, and just sort of gently tosses it to Methuselah. I'm going to give uh, Thorn back his water skin, and then I'm going to uncork the one that uh, Mortis gave me, and I'm going to give it to the person, which I assume would be a gnome. Am I correct in thinking that? Yes, you I are. Have, I have encountered gnomes before, so I know what one would look like. Yes, you're quite correct, actually. You have seen a gnome before, and this is clearly a gnome person. Yeah, there was gnomes in, in Fool's Fortune, too, so... Meanwhile, this is happening, Thorn is like, Yeah, okay, whatever, I don't care about this dude. He's gonna run over to where Meepo is, still blindfolded, and, like, pull the blindfold off Meepo's face with, like, a big smile, and be like, Thorn won! <laughs> Thorn won! What? But why? <laughs> I don't know, but the thorn went because Meepo is very small. Thorn Meepo is so fast. And Seeker's gonna kind of pat uh, Meepo's head. But yeah, but Meepo, we, we found some of your friends. How about how about you go and reunite with them? They sound very excited to see you. Uh, yeah! Uh, ah, over there! And Meepo starts to run and sees that the three kobolds are hugging like two of them is in one leg the other one is on the other leg and he looks at them he goes oh okay and then he also hugs the off the leg that only has one of the kobolds so there's now four kobolds uh, attached to your legs mortis all right so i'll just stand here for a moment Thorn kind of like looks up at Seeker and like raises his hands like because ah, yeah, 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 he wants his coin. Where's my money? Seeker is going to go into their like money pouch. They're going to pull out two silver pieces and two gold pieces and hand 
like one of each of them to Thorn and the other like set to Meepo. So after kind of giving them the water skin, Methuselah is just going to be like, oh, what's your name, my friend? There is a bit of difficulty for him to grab the water skin and get to actually drink it because the way that he is um, positioned within this confined cage, um, he struggles, but he finally gets to drink some of it. A good portion of it falls onto the ground, but then he goes, thank you. Uh, yes, my name, my name, it's Ezekiel Ramirez Kaiden Euro. You can call me Erky. Well, Erky, it's nice to meet you. Uh, we're gonna get you out of here. Um, on this, like, cage, is there like a lock or how, what's the... Behind this cage, there is a large piece of debris that is clearly blocking the the door that swings. But there is like other adjacent debris in key parts of the um, cage to make it unmovable as well. So it's like it's propped against three types of debris that are heavy. And the biggest one is blocking the door of this cage completely. Uh, you can see from your angle that the door lock is kind of like unusable so the door would be easily able to swing open but they put it like that so this gnome could not be able to escape how long have you been here my friend I believe weeks now it's it's been a little while were you taken by the goblins or the dragons the goblins there, there hasn't been dragons in years Decades. Clearly, you're under a lot of trauma right now. Clearly, you don't remember the Empire. Methuselah and Meepo just be like, roll for doubt. There is no dragons in Destry anymore. It's all that there is is wandering dragons that are still young and maybe one establishing here and there, but there hasn't been a dragon in Destry for decades. No, it was the goblins who took me and my. And he kind of looks sad for a moment. My compatriots. Who were your compatriots, if you don't mind me asking? I I don't mind you asking, but if you're not with the goblins, can I ask you to free me first? This is very uncomfortable. Oh, yes, sorry. Sometimes I get too wrapped up in people's sort of stories. So, uh, sorry, my friend. Uh, and then I'll kind of look towards, like, Mortis. Um... And I'm going to be like, Mortis, uh, I need your help over here. We need to get our friend here out. Mortis kind of just perks up at being called. Is he able to like walk over or is are his legs still detained? The, you're clearly on difficult terrain right now due to the extra weight. Before he tries to move, Mortis is just going to sort of pat the heads of the kobolds and be like, Would you mind releasing me, my friends? I, I understand that you're quite affectionate, but I, I need to go see what Methuselah over there needs. With different nods and different ways of saying yes, uh, all of them at the same time just drops out of your legs and they make a little circle to talk to Meeple. And yeah, now you're free to approach. Or just shoots them a little smile before walking over to where Methuselah is. What have we here? We have a friend. His name is uh, Erky. It seems he's been taken by the goblins and we should probably help him out. Erky? Ah, well, we can't turn away someone in need. Oh no, and it seems that his, uh, he's bumped his head and doesn't remember the dragons that are around here. So, you know... I think he's in a very bad state. What do you mean? Dragons? No, there's no dragons in Destry. Bumped his head very badly. <laughs> Mortis doesn't realize that. He kind of just glances at Methuselah like, what? <laughs> like, he doesn't say that, but that's just the look in his eyes. And he's just like, but whatever. Um, well, uh, he turns his attention towards the debris blocking the cage. Realistically, just kind of looking at it, does it look like it's something you could move by hand? Yes, uh, with the right amount of force, you might be able to maybe roll it over. It's just that 
there is like that base on the ground for this boulder that it's a little bit more stable but with enough pressure you'll be able to roll it over and it gets out of the way just fine uh before he attempts it, he turns to methuselah uh, would you be able to hold this for me and he just sort of j- holds out the torch oh yes of course and i'll take the torch from mortis he's gonna walk over to the debris and sort of stretch all right let's let us see what these old bones can do and he's gonna try to push aside some of the debris to the best of his ability do for me an athletics check that is a 19. it's just a few seconds of preparation before but then with a good shove you're able to shift the weight of the boulder and it rolls past its uh, more stable base and then it rolls out of the way the door literally swings open on itself because it was the lock this is unusable so as it swings open um Erky, you see visibly that he's excited and he starts to slowly get out can i like reach out a hand to kind of help him out and with that he takes it he's able to get out with more ease out of the little cage and finally when he's able to stand up he reaches his full three feet tall and he goes ah thank you wow i don't believe i've been in here for so long it hurts everything ah i know how you feel my friend uh, I-, I was taken captive by the dragons for quite some time so I-, I do know how hard it is to be sort of confined to such a place with that like now that he has an opportunity to like look at methuselah and look at everybody he just looks confused especially to mortis because mortar has not shown the same sort of um, belief so he goes look thank you for saving me but why do you keep saying that mortis kind of butts in he's like sorry uh, my friend here can get a little bit confused sometimes he has a bit of trauma regarding dragons and remnants of the draconic empire but i mean that's a story he's scared of the legends we try not to bring it up too much we don't want to disturb him oh okay all right uh but no um the goblins are the ones that treated me like this me and my compatriots from Ion. Um, we came from the forest to look for the apple um, a few weeks ago, maybe two, three weeks. And uh, we, it's a little bit hard to explain. I don't know if you guys know my, my forest, my land. Are we allowed to do history checks? Yeah, go right ahead. I got a 19, actually this time, because last time it was an 18, but I couldn't math. I got a 9. You faintly know the stuff? You know the lo- the, like the general direction to Ion, based on the talks that you had with the f- member of the Fool's Fortune that was from Ion, but you never really paid too much attention. That guy was a brute of sorts. So... Yeah, not your closest friend from the Fool's Fortune, if anything. He's still a good guy, but, man, maybe not the closest. I mean, everyone was nice in Fool's Fortune, so... Yeah, but he was more like... He liked to say his opinions, you know, and he had tall opinions. Or maybe just a little bit of a confrontational, where he likes to put his ideas forward. For you, on the other hand, you have heard of the tales from many sources from Ion, the southern region neighboring to Lestri, the magical forests with trees that easily reach 15 to 30 feet tall, um, dense moments of vegetation, dense areas of vegetation here and there, but then others that are magically beautiful groves and lakes and small rivers and you have met some of the gnomes who were from Ion that would do trade with the community of Tortles um, being that one of the closest communities to the borders to Ion 
Ah, yes. Uh, I've never actually been to Iom myself, but I, I do know a bit about it. Uh, when I was a young lad, one of my earliest jobs as a warrior of the Tension Dynasty was to protect a merchant from Iom who was traveling through Lestri. Uh, he told me quite a bit. Uh, my wife always wanted to visit the forests, but unfortunately we never managed to make it out. Oh, I'm glad to hear that there is familiarity. Um, I did not want to assume. But yes, um, my group, uh, my compatriots and I, we are followers of Lyrta, pilgrims of Lyrta. We are all about understanding the world like she did. Um, based on your check, you would know who Lyrta is. She is one of the most, if not the most popular goddess within the Gnomish Pantheon. And it's a goddess of wisdom, a goddess of knowledge that in the conversations that you have had, your understanding of her is that she is a goddess of seeking out new knowledge and to search and to understand it and inspires people to be more curious. We heard of the apple and because of its interesting healing properties, we wanted to understand it more. So we sought out the goblins in this area. We were sits, not counting myself. But we were taken by the goblins on an ambush and I he kind of takes a pause I being the oldest and the most faithful the leader of our group per se we sorry it's difficult to say it's all right take your time he kind of sighs, breathes in. I was locked up here, and the goblins, they were very cruel. When they found out that we were a group searching for the apple, not focused on money or getting it, we wanted to trade for knowledge. We wanted to negotiate with them, but they did not like or, or a proposal when they found out that I was the leader. They forced me to stay locked up and look as each of my compatriots were taken somewhere else. I was meant to be the last one. I am. So you don't know where your friends were taken then? I have a suspicion. There is a scenes, some sort of garden somewhere in here. And the goblins whispers about this garden and about a druid that resides within. First, I thought that they were just talking about some sort of wandering wizard or magician, one akin to and familiar with the magical arts of light. But it seems that this individual has a closer connection to nature, which would matches with the stories about druids. So now I'm not sure if it's legend anymore or if it is for real, but the goblins do whisper about how each of my compatriots was taken to see this druid. And now I'm quite certain that they are not alive anymore. Mortis's expression kind of noticeably changes at the mention of the druid. And he's, he just sort of sighs to himself. We have also heard of this mischievous druid. He has sent many undead hordes and creatures against us in our path. I can't imagine. I've seen one of the goblins scurry and hide when a group of skeletons entered woven with vines, wandered within this place to look about as if it was in patrolling, and then wander out, not paying attention to me and the rest of my fellow compatriots that were still here. Have you heard the goblins whispering about what the druid is doing down here? A little, but yes. This druid seems to be nurturing this garden enchanting it it's they don't speak much but they speak about a name 
that seems to be what the druid protects the most, feeds it. They call it Gulfias. By the sound that they treat it, it's almost as if this druid was nurturing, like as if it was a plant of sorts. That does sound treacherous. It is my belief that this druid is using and manipulating the goblins into serving him. They are mere pawns in this game. I made the same conclusions. I don't know what the goblins gain out of this. Maybe protection. Or maybe they benefit from the druid somehow with gifts. Or maybe even to be able to use the apple. Maybe there is financial gain. I didn't think the goblins to be that um, greedy. I thought the goblins were more about survival, but these could be different. Well, it begs belief that perhaps maybe this plant might have something to do with the apple, if not be where the apple is from. If there's legend of the apple of virtue being here, then I suppose maybe its source is here as well, and perhaps the druid is corrupting that force in some way. My hypothesis is that the apple itself comes from this Gulthia's plant or thing, because it seems to be the focus of everyone's conversation. How the druid cares for it, how the druid needs to feed it, and then afterwards they just talk about the apple that is yet to come. So that's my hypothesis. Yes, I suppose that's uh, by hypothesis as well. Morris's expression shifts to one of determination. <sighs> A fiend such as that should not have control of something as potent as the apple of virtue. Especially if they're corrupting it for evil. Indeed. Do you have any sort of idea where the apple or this plant may reside? Unfortunately, I was brought here by the goblins and I have stayed here, watched as they take more captives and then they take them away. I'm surprised they lasted this long, to be honest. And if not for the blessing of my goddess, I'm pretty sure I would be dead by either starvation or their abuses. But I do not know. The goblins sure knows. I just want to bring it up that at this point, Seeker wouldn't have noticed the little conversation on the far end. And maybe you want to approach if you want. Seeker's ears are going to perk up again and they're going to like make a beeline for Erky and just drop down to get on Erky's level. What captives? He looks at you and you see a faint look of recognition, almost. <gasps> uh, he goes, oh, sorry, um, you're from Tom's Rest, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I am. Why? Well, no more than a, a day or two ago. It's hard to keep track under here. The goblins brought up captives. One was a, well armored uh, human. I would have called him a knight in other circumstances. But the other one was Tabatsi with garments akin to a traveling priest. She called herself Faith. Th that's my sister. Where did they take her? No more than a day ago, the goblins brought them to the druid. Which way? Like I said, I've been here, stuck this entire time. The goblins will know. I don't know where to go from here. At that point, they're gonna they're gonna leave that room and they're gonna try and go up onto the platform. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You guys see Seeker storming out. I don't know if Thorn wants to do anything. I don't know if the two of you want to do anything. Meeple is clearly distracted with his friends to notice anything. I would say that during all of this, Thorn has probably been distracted by following Meepo over to Meepo's friends and like meeting them. 
there is a clear moment of panic when the friends meet Thorn. But Meepo is able to explain the situation and shows how friendly the two of you are. And the Kobolds, although hesitant, they actually start to take up the word of Meepo because they see how genuine Meepo is with you. And they are still scared because of the circumstances that they have been in. But they start treating you okay in a better way. But then Meepo goes, No, you can treat Thor Meepo like family. Even Dreepo has spoken to Thorn about finding people and being part of family too. And then that starts to help them a little bit. Does Thorn say anything? Thorn probably like leads them in a little spin, like the monkey spin. Like he just like starts spinning them around and like he's just so happy. He just wants to play. Roll for me a charisma check. With advantage, please, because of Meepo's help. 18. The genuine feeling of Thorn's goodness and playfulness, together with Meepo's well-assured comments, makes them all start to accept you. Slowly but surely, you guys all are holding hands and going in circles, as if it was a bunch of five-year-olds playing on the playground, genuinely happy. Yeah, Thorn probably doesn't break out of this like little joyous moment until he sees Seeker just like run past him and out of the room. And at that point, he's like very confused as to what's going on, and he probably goes and follows Seeker. I would say that both Mortis and Mifuzla also notice. Uh, as they are looking at Seeker storming out of the room, they see little Thorn following behind it. Oh no, I, I think you should deal with that real quickly. Uh, yes, uh, try to not stop Seeker, just tell them to wait up. We need to handle this delicately. And then as soon as he says that, he's gonna turn towards Thorn. Where are you going, my friend? Seeker has gone to the other room! Yes, I believe they might just be a bit rushed. That they might have found a sign of where their sister has gone. Yes, yes, then we must go. We must hurry. We must go now. Uh, we don't want to leave Meepo and his friends behind. Yes, yes, they can come with us. Same with the other one, the tiny little beard one. Morris thinks for a moment and he's like, well... I actually, before you all came into that room, I tried to climb up the barrier there, and it was a bit of a challenge. So I was wondering if you'd like to take a ride in my shell for old time's sake. Oh, okay. And then Thorn like climbs up the back of Mortis's shell and like sits on Mortis's neck, but more of like an on-the-shoulder ride sort of thing. I'm gonna look at like Erky and be like. Well, uh, I, I don't know if you know your way out, but you're welcome to come with us if you need. I was actually going to ask you if it is okay for me to join you. These people, these goblins, these monsters, they took my friends away. I need to make sure that they can't do that anymore. This is not about vengeance. This is about making sure that this doesn't happen to anybody else. And if there is something going on in this garden, I want to help. Maybe prevent something worse. Are, are you sure? You don't quite look in the condition to be sort of fighting, and there's, there's lots of dangers down here. Our group ventured from the forests of Ion, rolling hills of Sentry Soul. Although it's quite an easy path on Sentry Soul, there's still its fair share of problems. We know how to handle ourselves. He says like, oh, it, like Sentry Soul has like an easy path. I'm just like thinking in my head, like, like what? It's not easy to travel across Sentry Soul. It's not, it's not that well developed. But I don't, I don't really bring it up. That's just my thoughts. All right, if you insist, there is a group of like kobolds 
uh, down here that are quite friendly, so if you if you did want a place to sort of rest, you could travel with them back, but if you are insistent about coming with us, uh, I'm sure that's alright. Yes, I do. Uh, he looks to the ground. He finds what seems to be a piece of wood, but it looks sturdier than most. So he grabs it, tests it, and goes, not my best use of a club, but well, I can try. Let's go. Before we go, I think there's something I should prepare you for. Well, what do you mean? We had a bit of a scuffle with some goblins in the next room, and it's a little tough to look at. The aftermath was quite gory. I mean, you guys are adventurers and probably have seen your fair share of combat. I I have seen my fair share in travels too, so I don't see what the issue is here. It just might be a lot for some people, so I just thought it would be wise to warn you ahead of time in case, you know, it might bring up any sort of past traumas or torches or, or whatnot. He looks at you confused and he goes, why would you... what? I, I think you'll see when you see it. Sure. Um, okay, um, I'll follow you then. And yeah, I'll now follow after everyone with Erky. I was actually going to say, like, Mortis, now that Thorn is in his shell, he turns towards Meepo and the Kobolds, like, My friends, uh, are you going to be coming with us? Rolo looks at the other two, and they all look at you, and then they shake their heads. No way! We're going back! Yeah! We want to live! Understandable. Uh, the path back should be fairly clear, though the druid did summon some creatures to attack us in the hallway, so be on your guard. And then he sort of turns his eyes towards Meepo. Meepo, uh, would you be guiding your allies back, or will you be continuing on with us? There's a moment where he looks at his friends, and then he looks at you, and he looks at his friends, and then looks at you, and then it like slides towards Thorn behind you, like on your neck. Then he goes, I would love to, but I have a mission. Dribbled always told me, never do something without finishing your meal first. I need to finish this first. They are good. Rolo is a good scout. Rolo knows how to get back, even when lost. So Rolo can guide them. Very noble of you. Ah. And then Morris is going to kind of do his turtle thing where he turns his head inwards towards his shell. Ah. Thorn would... Meepo will be continuing on with us, but his, your new friends will be heading back. Would you like to say your goodbyes? Oh, yes, yes! Thorn climbs down, and then he, like, runs over, and he, like, initiates a group hug. They all embrace you, and uh, each of them in their own way, and little voice, they go, Goodbye, poor Nipo! Yeah, goodbye! We'll see you again, no Nipo! Yes, yes, I will see you again very soon. I promise to bring Nipo back nice and safe. All of them nods excitedly, but then they all look around and books it, like the full-on dash towards the door. They don't want to be here at all. Thorn looks at Meepo and goes, Meepo, Meepo, listen, in on, come with me onto the back of Mortis. It's very fun up there. He was waving at his friends who were clearly just dashing, but then he notices what you're saying. He goes, huh, sure. Can I fit? Can we fit? I will go on, on, on Mortis's shoulders and you curl up in the little shell space that is there. Uh, sure. I mean, I have my big, and he kind of like shuffles them. It's almost like a equivalent to a traveler's, you know, like a um, one of those people that do backpacking, like but made of garbage and, and rope and stuff all together. So it's quite big on little Meepo, maybe even just as big as he is, but on his back. He goes, "Can I fit it?" 
sword forgot that you were carrying that big bag. Maybe f instead then you stay on ground and, and Thorn will stay on ground with you. Just for this little bit before we have to go climbing because Thorn does not want you to be lonely. Okay, can we hold hands? Yes, we can hold hands. Mortis hears this and he kind of walks over and he's like, You know, Meepo, if you'd like, I can hold your bag for you and I do have a pretty hefty shell, so perhaps the two of you will be able to fit in there together. He looks wide-eyed as if a new idea was just introduced to his brain. And he goes, Nobody ever asked to do old Meepo's bag. You can't? Of course, And then he looks at Thorn as almost as if like, this is so new, I need to ask if it is okay to do. Oh yes, he is very strong. And Meepo knows that if his shoulders are ever heavy, Thorn will also hold his bag for him too. Oh, and then he looks at Mortis. Oh, I cannot, yes, please. Mortis just like smiles at Beepo and then just takes the bag from him and slings it over his shoulder. For you, it's barely like a purse because Meepo is very small. And then Mortis is going to turn to Thorn and be like, You know, Thorn, uh, if you want, you can show Meepo your old hideout in there. Thorn kind of thinks to himself and goes, What what about Meepo takes the shell? Because because Meepo has never had anyone carry his bag for him before. Maybe Meepo has never had anyone carry him before. Well, this just kind of looks at him and he's very stoic, so he kind of, you get really parsed from his face, but there's a slight, slight tinge, like twinge in his expression where... In the back of his head, all he's thinking is, I really can't argue with that logic. <laughs> so he's just sort of like, uh, are Methuselah and Erky still in the room? By now, they would have reached the door, but clearly Methuselah is waiting for Mortis and Thorn and Meepo together with Erky. I might even be like eyeing you, like, what's going on? Like, why is it Thorn like in your shell? Like, what are we doing? Mortis is like, turns his head and just sort of glances at, at Methuselah. And Methuselah, all you see is, just in his eyes, the most pure, unadulterated expression of, help me. <laughs> <laughs> like, just the most desperate look you've ever seen on a living person. <laughs> on a living turtle. <laughs> like, you've never seen Mortis this, just like, in defeat. <laughs> like sweating like i'm gonna come over and be like are you guys ready to continue yes yes meeple has never hear this hear this meeple has never had anyone hold his bag for him before so so Weez was thinking that Weez was gonna make meeple hang out in mortis's shell so that meeple can feel what it's like to have someone carry him ah i see that's, that's not a bad idea. Um, well... Thorn is gonna kind of like look at Methuselah and look at Mortis and look at Methuselah and look at Mortis and what would I roll to start being suspicious? Do your insight and you're gonna go against the passive charisma of Mortis. I got a 15. Yeah, that passes. Something's off. Uh... Is something wrong? Does, I think it would just be very nice for Meepo to ride around. Meepo wants to run around? Oh yes, I, I think that's a, that's a great idea. And I look at Mortis and I'm like, it's just sort of... I'm looking at you as like, are we saying this before we show it? Because I don't think that we can hide it. Methuselah, you see Mortis and the look of just utter stress on his face just shifts and he closes his eyes for a second and when he opens it again, you can see a sort of look of acceptance and then he walks over to Thorn and kneels down. Thorn? Ah, 
I need to tell you something. Okay, yes. You can tell Thor anything. We haven't been entirely truthful with you. Oh, uh, okay, okay. About what? When we were having our engagement with the goblins, uh, something happened to you. I'm not sure if you recall, but you were communicating with the goblins. I, I think you were trying to talk them down, I'm not sure, but they said something and it seemed to trigger you in some way. After a moment, something overtook you and you weren't yourself anymore. You attacked with ferocity unlike what I've ever seen and released a power that killed all of the goblins. I suppose we kept it from you because you might have known these goblins and it might be hard to see such carnage. And before you react, you must know that after looking into your friend a bit more, it is our belief that this Sadilin overtook you and used you. You did not kill those goblins. He did. Thorn kind of stares at you, and he's kind of thinking to himself, and his smile is like sort of unwavering. And then he shrugs, and he goes, that's okay. You have reached the end of this episode of The Sullen Citadel. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe to us on whatever app you use to listen to podcasts and be sure to catch the next installment of The Sullen Citadel every Thursday on 12 p.m. EST. If you like the show, please consider leaving us a review. It's a small way to show your appreciation and support that goes a very long way. To connect with us, follow our social media accounts. And if you like to support us, you can head over to our Patreon to join the conversation, view sneak peeks of Annette's project, and discover our fantastical bonus content. Our intro score was created by Patrick Corton from Off the Beaten Path Musical. The Sunless Citadel can be found in Tales of the Yawning Portal, the book by Wizards of the Coast. The World of Nosamundas was created by Pedro Stockler. Thanks very much for listening for all of us here at the Storytellers Tavern. And by Lyrta... Guide us out of here. <laughs>